This story takes place in the distant future when mutants and demons slither through a world of darkness. And of course, I'm talking about the 1985 anime classic Vampire Hunter D this week on Shonen and Suds. Cody! For the second time. What's up, bud? Man, Chris, that, that intro sounded better, even even better the second time I heard it. Oh, I'll bet, I'll bet. And of course, you know, like we said, uh, just a quick technical difficulty, but y'all don't know that. But now you do know. You know, we like to make sure we're all inclusive here on Shonen and Suds. Um, man, Cody, coming off of a, uh, a holiday weekend, but for you, it's like a holiday quarter. Yeah, we're pretty much just off for the summer. School's out, you know. I'm, I'm... School's <laughs> out. Oh, summer. I love it. I absolutely love it. And Cody, I also love being here, of course, this week for Shonen and Suds. We're talking about Vampire Hunter D. I'm your host, Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. Yeah, and, um, you know, this is your first time seeing Vampire Hunter D. Obviously, we're going to dive in. We're going to do a full, you know, little synopsis, little tale of the tape, as it were. But uh, your first time watching this old, oh, I mean, you, this anime was around before you were born, man. Yeah, this this was the, yeah, this this is pre Cody. This is a, this is a, this is BK before Cody. If we're looking at the uh, the timeline here, um, what'd you think overall? Well, I think it it definitely aged a little rough. Um, yeah, no, I, absolutely. All in all, I do like what's going on here. Uh, mm-hmm. The story gets a little jumbled at some parts, mm-hmm. and it seems like some characters are. Kind of right where they need to be at certain times, but oh know, yeah, I mean it, it keeps the story moving forward. I will say that um, maybe I, this might be one I want to watch subbed because um, mm-hmm. I did watch dubbed, which might have been the mistake because this is clearly back when dubs were much worse than they are now. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Oh man, they they did not know what they were doing in the eighties and early nineties. That's for damn sure. Yeah, so maybe I'll, maybe like this week when we watch Bloodlust, I might just go sub. For both and just like rewatch the first one again and see if Absolutely. it kind of changes the experience um yeah. you know, i will say okay. that the 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 voice acting for bloodlust is head and shoulders better because bloodlust came out when like anime started being taken a lot more seriously in the states and like being an anime voice actor was like a legit thing so you don't have to worry that one you can watch in dub and you'll be tickled shitless that you did okay well then, I, I will take your advice on that one. But uh, but yeah, overall, I thought it was okay. Um, not not my favorite. Um, you can definitely, I do like the character design. Uh, obviously, with Yoshitaka Amano being a big fan yeah. of his, we both are, of mm-hmm. course. Um, mm-hmm. you can clearly see where the inspiration was. Uh, when like the creators of Helsing made uh, Alucard, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've, we've talked about so many vampires on the show that all have the same damn name, Chris. It's... Oh, I'm telling you, man, it's a classic story to tell. But you can see where D is, like, he's Alucard, they were just like, let's just take that idea and paint him red and make him a little wacky. and <laughs> Put some glasses on him, they'll yeah. never know the difference. <laughs> yeah, like, but clear as day, you can tell he was a, a total ripoff, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, um, and you know, Vampire Hunter D is definitely a uh, a classic. It's, um... I want to say the um the manga first started showing up in like when I say the early 80s I'm talking like 82 or 83 like the the manga doesn't quite uh predate me but uh but it's it's close it's it's a, it's a photo finish that's for sure 
So, you know, and I'm glad you said, you know, before we dive into the movie itself and, you know, talk about the uh, suds for the week, we, um, I'm glad you brought up Yoshitaka Amano because a lot of people associate him with Final Fantasy. He was doing this before Final Fantasy. Um, so it's so funny. Like, I knew Final Fantasy as a kid, but I didn't know Yoshi. I knew Yoshitaka Amano first through Vampire Hunter D because I had seen Vampire Hunter D and seen like the artwork and uh, the, 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 the illustrations before I even understood like Final Fantasy artwork. And when I saw a piece of art from uh, like Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 2 um, for the SNES, and I saw like the artwork and I was like, man, this looks like Vampire Hunter D. Like it's the same guy. And sure as God's got sandals when I, you know, you know, got America Online to boot up and I was able to you know, Google, you know, use web crawler to, to find the answer I was looking for. Um, yeah, same guy. I, and blew, that was the, one of my first like mind blowing experiences. Yeah, it's a very small world. Two two of your favorite things just ha- happen to be made by or yeah. at least characters designed by the same guy. So. Yep, and the funny thing is that that one of the things that I can say about this movie, almost more so, but you see it a little bit in the second one, this old school animation style, like a lot of the stuff, you know, Yoshitaka Umano has a very organic style of like the way everything seems like it's alive. And when I, by that, I mean like even the clothing people are, are wearing has a very organic feel to it. Everything in his art seems like it's alive and moving in its own personality. And like you see a lot of that in Dracula's castle in the scenes where like you see all of like the ghouls and demons and stuff that he has. Like it looks like something out of like a Final Fantasy instruction manual. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you definitely get to see like some some hints of things to come. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. But Cody, I am parched. <laughs> but I've got a very important question to ask you. And that is, what you drinking? All right, Chris, mm. we're on to our Capri Sun flavor number two. Mm. I got the Tropical Punch from the Truly... Hell yeah, dude, that's so good. From the Truly Punch pack. Uh, this is by far the best flavor out of the pack, I think. Oh, it's nuts, isn't it? It's so uh, good. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of, I've, I, so I've had... I finished that whole first pack, kind of like I, I had... I talked about before, <laughs> that I was probably just going to burn through all of these. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, Tropical is the way to go. That's... It is just... It's, I'll take a 12 of the tropical. It's so good. It's the pineapple, dude. The pineapple sets it off. Yeah, it is like... They should probably just make the tropical and like the fruit punch as their own packs. Um, yeah. The other two are okay. Nothing... But no, they don't hold a candle to to tropical. Uh, like, if you like Sprite... Like, if you like Sprite, I think the the citrus one... you'll If Sprite is like your favorite soda, that you'll fit right at home with that one. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the citrus one's fine. The berry one is where I, that's like, like, like if somebody offers sweet. a drink, I'm, I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll take one. They're like, oh, it's a berry, truly. I'll be like, oof, you know. Mm, I'll, have a, uh, I'll have a tap water, please. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it kind of tastes like medicine a little bit too much to me. It, uh, it's a little too sweet. and it, I, I, I like berry blends on things, but it's a little bit on the sweet side for me. I still like it. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's definitely tolerable. Uh, it's just, yeah. It's definitely. Which, the, by the way, is the Segway, because that's actually the one I'm sipping on today. Oh man, it's um. Like I say I, I I get the uh, the medicine uh, the medicinal aftertaste. Um, it reminds me in the aftertaste of Dimatap. If you ever had, if you've ever had Dimatap cough syrup, Ooh, if I they didn't. even make it anymore, 
I don't think I have, but I have had like a berry flavored cough syrup. And... It's it's that it's well then then it's that it is definitely yeah. that. Yeah, I'm pretty much the most anti cough syrup person on the world at this point yeah. because when I was a kid, I used to have to take that stuff all the time and. Oh, I hate it. Hated. And homeless people get drunk off of it. I don't know how <laughs> they can stomach it. You know, we we appreciate all kinds of suds. So you know, like, yeah. if that even counts. Oh uh, man. Um, oh, well, when we when we have to go back to seven deadly sins, maybe I'm gonna do a fucking <laughs> face forty ounce of Nyquil for that one. Oh man, and uh, yeah, Chris, uh, that's another good segue there because apparently, Chris, they're making another movie, and oh uh, God, yeah, the news. Oh man, yeah, it's brutal. We were because and and you found it like the worst way. It was like it was like discovering like I don't know yet like a family dark secret because we were trying to look up. You know when the because we when we were because we got a poll coming up in this episode uh, to to follow Bloodlust and we were talking about well let's find something short right because we know Seven Deadly Sins the next season supposed to be coming out any minute so you were looking for the confirmation date and while you were doing that you found even more bad news that's right apparently a month ago they released a trailer for Seven Deadly Sins Cursed by Light um, please no and this is scheduled for release on July second in twenty twenty one in Japan so we don't Say have it so Cody. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's a confirmed English date yet. Uh, thank God, but um, yes, apparently that's on the way. And it seems like Seven Deadly Sins season five will be dropping on Netflix and like U.S. and uh, I guess Europe looks like. Because mm-hmm. um, I know it's it's already airing. I don't know if it's airing on TV Tokyo or where it's airing at. Uh, but it is airing in Japan right now. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently we should be getting it here in about four weeks' time. This is the twenty eighth, so. We'll, we'll, no. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys posted because these sources still don't seem very good, but maybe they are. Um, but yeah, maybe, so, maybe they're trying to like not admit it as much as we're trying to not admit it. Yeah, because we are not looking forward to any of this. Like we, I'm, I'm good. No, hence the uh, hence the cough syrup. Maybe they can bring it around and save it in season five, but I guarantee that movie is gonna be just fucking. Oh, dumpster. it's gonna be just pure titties, just pure <laughs> awful, just. <laughs> like not good titties i'm talking bad titties cody and it ain't much worse than bad titties that's right chris but uh enough of that let's let <laughs> let's, just, let's take it back to 1985 chris indeed because we're gonna you know, we're <laughs> blue saggy snake titties is what we're gonna get here cody uh trying, no, we're trying not so, to laugh too hard <laughs> that's okay that's okay so let's do a quick tale of the tape 1985 was a good year i was three years old um but no, uh, so Vampire Hunter D, uh, the release date for this movie based on the manga adapts. Yeah, the manga actually was uh, was first published in 1983. Um, I was one years old. I was one years old. The uh, one years old and the anime <laughs> one years old. Was that Singular. your first like uh, coloring book? You just had a copy of Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> oh man, I fucking wish. I wish. But uh, this movie was released in 1985. Uh, has a runtime of 80 minutes. Uh, that was when it was released in Japan. Um, now it was dubbed in English. I want to say the same year. Um, no, I'm sorry, 1992. Um, and it was part of the Streamline Pictures line. Uh, same as um, the same line that uh, um, Eight Man After was in, like Stream and Akira, the original dub. Streamline was like. If you wanted anime, if you wanted anime and you were American, Streamline Pictures was the only like distributor that that did it. Um 
the, again, like there was always those trailers, and I urge everybody to watch the old uh, the old Streamline Pictures anime trailer because you see like classics like Vampire Hunter D, Eight Man After, um, I want to say uh, Akira, Lily Cat, Demon City Sinjuku, Wicked City, um, and there's like two or three other ones um, that they show that like this was like this was it like I, I i it was i thought i was just the coolest fucking kid that i had access to these vhs's um and i obviously i would rent them i would record them all because you know we had the uh the double vcr setup where we could you know put a blank tape in one have it hooked up to the other vcr and just re-record on a blank tape from the uh actual copy you mm-hmm. know that old move but um yeah, I know, Cody. I'm talking old man talk right now, but um, I oh, know you're good. At, I think it's cool to learn that, like, it almost seems like Streamline really, like, sort of paved the way. Um, for, they like, they did like they some, were like, like some of the at least for here. Yes, absolutely, right on the money. Um, obviously, yeah, obviously, like it was distributed. I want to say in Japan by Toho. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, seemed, it just seems like Streamline was like one of the first, if not the first, to, like. Yeah, it was really where you got it in America. Mm-hmm. If you wanted anime in America, Streamline was usually your go-to. But anyway, Vampire Hunter D. So back to the good stuff here. Um, like I said, movie was released 1985. Um, it's it's considered a classic um, for all intents and purposes. Um, obviously, the sequel, Bloodlust, which in my opinion is a far superior movie, and we'll we'll dive more into that next week. Um, like it's very it's it, it's very well received um it's just it's just a classic um i don't really know i don't have like rotten tomatoes scores or anything but like it's it's just a it's an iconic movie in the just just in the the culture of anime right like it's something that you know the books are very popular um again both movies are as, as much as this one hasn't aged well i still look at it as a classic and one of the first things that ever got me into anime again i remember watching it on the uh, sci-fi channel it was the it was the headliner for the anime the first annual anime festival that they did um that year the first movie and i've, I've mentioned this before the first movie was robot carnival the second movie was Lensman, which is another one i would absolutely love to cover um which i believe was also part of the streamlined picture same with robot carnival now that i think about it uh, Lensman. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the the weekend ended with Vampire Hunter D. And boy, howdy, I was, you know, fucking fifth grade. Chris didn't know uh, didn't know a lick of what he was looking at, but boy, did he record that thing and watched it a million times. Cody, I have watched that movie so many times, and you don't know it yet. But next time we hang out, the uh, the eighties synth Japan Euro pop install is you're an, you and I's new karaoke jam. I will get guitars <laughs> for the both of us. Love that, Chris. We will hit up every local dive bar we can find and uh, sing to the masses, really. <laughs> oh, they they will not be ready. And I urge anybody, if you don't know what song we're talking about, just go to your YouTubes, you know, put it in your Google machine as well, and just uh, just go ahead and Google end credit song Vampire Hunter D, and you'll just be ready to boogie on down. But anyway, Cody. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and dive right in. So Vampire Hunter D opens again. We're talking an 80-minute runtime, so this one's going to be relatively quick. The opening, Cody, I think is really sets you up for something really amazing. It, it's, they, you know, you get the little blurb that kind of sets the stage of where we're at. It's set in the distant future. Hey, monsters and demons roam the earth. 
cool, say no more. I know it. I'm strapped in. I'm ready to go. And we're introduced to a um a young girl walking through like her like walking through some grass, almost like she's stalking something. Um, and of course we see that she is in fact, I guess something is eating her crops on her land because she catches this monster eating some kind of fruit from a tree. She cuts the the uh you know the whatever the fog lights or whatever kind of lights those are the um spotlights and this thing starts starts, ta- starts taking off running, Cody. And uh, well, of course, what does she do? She calls her trusty steed Luke, hops on Pop, and uh, chases this thing down. She has like this laser rifle. So again, kind of, you're you're getting this weird kind of. It's a weird future where like maybe like civilization has destroyed itself and is starting to slowly rebuild because like she's dressed like she's from, you know, maybe early. I don't know what am I trying to say here, Cody? Like very old timey, very like villagey, like make their own clothes and they wear they like they should like they shouldn't have guns or machines. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, they probably shouldn't have shirt skirts this short either, but uh <laughs> Oh, by the way, probably the shortest skirt in anime history. Yeah, and it's because just... we see her fucking drawers pretty much the entire movie. Yeah, it's pretty much like an eighty minute of skirt. Uh, with some yeah, va- yeah, with some vampire action also happening. Yep, and there, there's 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 a there's a titty or two in here, so don't worry, we'll get to those. But basically, she um she kills this thing, or so she thinks. Um, and it actually has a little bit of life left in it. Ends up actually biting her horse, and uh, pretty much biting in its neck. And of course, she you know she shoots its head right off its body. And then as she's going to check on her horse, out of fucking nowhere, Cody, goddamn werewolf, called Neon Joe Werewolf him. Because we got werewolf, you know, just comes out of nowhere. Take takes his fucking uh, or this guy's huge, by the way. Just takes a big takes a big bite out of the horse and just takes it, leaps off. But Cody, not before using one of its long nails to rip that cross right off of uh, our our young um, our young heroine's neck. Because Cody, as of course, you know, what do vampires not like? They don't like crosses, Chris. They don't. And I, I actually really like that they, they don't just, like, explain something here. They just kind of do it, and you're like, oh, what significance is that? Again, this is a young Chris watching this movie for the first time. I didn't I didn't know the significance of this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, shit, here's, here's the main villain. We're just standing on top of this little hillside. We have um, a very imposing figure, Cody. We're introduced to Count Magnus Lee. Um, and I guess he is the uh, the vampire roaming these lands and feasting on our, our poor townsfolk here. Yeah, he's a pretty sinister-looking guy, just perched up there, kind of just... It almost seemed like he was waiting to make a move, but I guess the cross kind of fended him off, but when his little uh, when his little werewolf pal ripped that off, he he, he went in and yep. made his own move there on... Uh... Which they actually kind of make mention of that mm-hmm. in, in one of the uh, scenes further on in the movie. Um... But what I like here, Cody, is we we I, I think the way he looks is really cool. And I love the animation when she pulls out her gun and she's trying to shoot him. And like he has like this field around him, like the shots are just kind of like bouncing off of it. Like I, th- I thought there was some really, really cool animation. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, especially for the time, too. I mean, this movie is almost what going on 40 years old. Yeah, man, years old. and. And considering that, I think the I think the animation for the most part still holds up very well. It has that very old school, wet, you know, real big beady eyes, kind of like the little triangle and a line for the nose, very pointed chins, you know, very very sharp features, except for the eyes are the roundest, gooeyest, 
things <laughs> on everybody's on everybody. But um, but yeah. So basically, the the intro scene ends with him introducing himself and basically saying, you know, you know, you I since you took it upon yourself to uh, trespass on my territory. I'm going to have to ask for payment. And it has this really cool scene of him like swooping off this little hillside and almost like it looks like his shadow is just kind of engulfing her. And then Cody, we, um, you know, we go to the, uh, the pretty much what seems like the next day or maybe several days later, because we're following a, uh, a, 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 a cloaked rider. Yeah, and uh, basically, it's—I don't know if we've even said her name yet. We said Doris. I, I think we yep. said Doris. Um, but that's our—that's she's basically our main character here. Um, yeah, Doris Lane. Yeah, I don't know if it's the next day or if it's a few days later, but uh, she meets up with uh, our 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 title character here. Uh, Mr. Yeah, she, Mr. D. <laughs> indeed, and uh, so but, but it, it she doesn't welcome him with open arms. There's very much a a test of strength here. She's a. Uh, she attacks him with her whip that she has. So again, very. Uh, you can see maybe Castlevania was inspired by Vampire Hunter D as well. Because remember, this came first. We got vampires, and we got uh, a person hunting them with a whip, or you know, a local villager that uses a whip to defend herself. That's right. This might this might have been the one that started everything, Chris. It, it, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, man, it, it it's got some chops. It uh, there, it's very iconic in that regard. Um, but. Basically, he, she's like, you know, there's been a lot of hunters that have come through here, and uh, I just need to, you know, after he quickly, you know, she, she doesn't do a damn thing to him. Like, he's able to break free of her whip, and she's like, you know, I'm sorry, I had to make sure you weren't a coward like everybody else. But um, she basically reveals that she's been bitten by the Count, and she needs a hunter. She wants to hire a hunter to basically <laughs> kill this vampire and, you know, kind of help her and her brother. She, uh... He he definitely uh, you know because he's about to you know um, ride off, but then um, when he sees the bite marks on her neck, he he starts asking questions like you know how long ago were you bitten things like that, and she's just like oh yeah you are a hunter that's awesome and uh I don't really have a, I can't really pay you but I can offer you three meals and you can sleep with me if you want yeah that's like wow <laughs> wow yeah, but... damn girl <laughs> yeah yeah what a, what an offer uh. But yeah, it makes it desperation seem like... is a smelly soap, sir. <laughs> That's right, and it makes it seem like there's when you get bit by a vampire, at least in this realm, there's not. It's not like an instant change. It's almost like it'll take a few days, and it seems like mm -hmm. that if they can take out Magnus in time, then she won't turn into a vampire, essentially. Mm-hmm. So exactly, we, we've got our uh, we got our reason for taking out this big bad. <laughs> yep, and um. And again, we find we find some more out about D as the movie progresses. But basically, he he follows her back to her humble abode. Here we are met. Uh, we meet uh, Doris's little kid brother Dan, who's out there fighting this little. He's got. They, I guess they they have they have like farmland and they got some sheep. And there's this like cloud monster that is just disintegrating everything it touches. So Dan's like chasing it off with his rifle. Um. Yeah, little man, but, uh, little man Dan. He's he, he's a cool little kid. Uh, he, he reminds me a lot of maybe it's just something with like eighties anime. But like I know uh, Demon City Shinjuku had the little kid in that one. Was kind Eight of man like, had the kid. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, well, I feel like the, the kid, the kid, the like kid brother character is just like an old school anime trope, right? Yeah, it, that's what I was gonna say. Like it just seems like that. Uh, 
which I, I mean it's it's a cool it's a cool trope to have honestly like yeah the kids kind of yeah the kid kind of and like D kind of inspires the kid to like be like more courageous and stuff like that and uh yeah cuz he does eventually give him a little uh just kind of a little pep talk a nice little speech to keep him from being sad cuz Cody this is where at this point the movie gets goes a little fast and things get a little jumbled cuz now they're in town um, I guess they're going to pick up supplies or whatever, because when they get to, get into town, Doris is met by uh, the mayor's son. His name is Greco Roman. Oh, Greco! This this oh, fucking skis ball. <laughs> the old fucking skeezered Magoo. So basically, you know, he he has the hots for Doris, and he's like, um, you know, hey, I need to talk to you about something. He's like, you know, he he knows that she's been bitten, and he knows that the guy in her little wagon next to her brother is a vampire hunter. But Greco's like kind of trying to play like the nice guy, like, Hey, you know, you should have told me I could, I could have hired some hunters. I could have, you know, my father's the mayor after he's pulling the whole, my dad owns a dealership bullshit. Yep. So, so he like, uh, so basically he tries to like put the moves on her and she's like, uh, nah, dude, I'm not interested. You're a, you know, basically calling him a skis ball. And, uh, she, um, he tries to assault her. Yeah, you know, that's that's a great way to fucking get the girls, right? But um Right. <laughs> right? Jesus, but like he so basically Doris like, you know, embarrasses him, tie, hog ties him with her whip and leaves him face first in the alley. But as she's leaving the alley that they kind of went off to talk in, he just spills the beans in the whole town. He's like, everybody, listen up. She's been bitten by a vampire. That's why he's here. You know, you know, just you can still, if you don't believe me, look at her neck. And that guy in the van is a, a vampire hunter. Yada yada. He's just, just basically just being a total cock goblin. Yeah, just airing out all the dirty laundry. And... The dirty laundry man with no clothes hangers, just just folding that bitch over the back of the chair, man. <laughs> yeah, and it basically causes the whole town to kind of turn against her. Um... And like even the mayor, because they, they basically they're, they're now they're in like the mayor's office, and he's like. The only thing we can really do, man, is go ahead and send you to this uh, this uh, internment camp that we have. And the doctor's like, whoa. And here we're introduced to, uh, to Dr. Fearing, um, who is uh, kind of like, I guess he's taking a liking to Doris. Like he looks at her as like a daughter, which we hear a little bit later. Um, but he's like, I, as a doctor, I can, as a, as a licensed professional medical doctor, we cannot put people in this internment camp. He's like, well, first of all, he's like, because it makes no sense. Like, we're going to put you in this camp. And the doctor's like, you know that camp has not been used in 50 years, right? And they're like, what are you talking about? It's an internment camp. We put people in there all the time. And he's like, no, do you not remember what happened 50 years ago and why we closed the camp? And that's when, like, he just tells a story about, like, how the count had taken bitten another young girl. They put her in the camp, and it, it pretty much just pissed the count off. And he went into the camp and, like, killed everybody. Yeah, so fortunately for, for Doris, uh, Dr. Farron kind of sticks up for her, and he's like, look, let's hold that off until maybe maybe they can kill uh, Count Magnus Lee. And like, Yeah, and that's when uh, D pops up, and he's like, you know, that'll be fine. Killing the vampire that bit her will cure her, and they're just like, all right. Yeah, but even then, like, when they're still trying to leave and, like, get supplies, like, a, a lot of the townspeople are still kind of... They, they've kind oh, of yeah, shied dude. away from her because they they don't want anything to do with like. Yeah, and I guess like, just, the, the, I like, guess it's just out of fear, to be honest. Oh, of course, right? And of course, the, the damn shop owner, she's like, "Hey, I need my usual. I need this. I need this." And he's like, "Uh, we're out." And the doctor's <laughs> like, 
they're both like, no, you're not. It's right there. No, we're out. No, it's right there. And and then of course, and, and I, I guess like a small part of me, as shitty as it is, I can understand where the shopkeeper's coming from because she's like, look, if I sell to you, nobody else is gonna buy from me. Right. Yeah, he, he, and it's he, like I get, get it, but I it's like don't be a dick. Yeah, he kind of gives them the old like when you go to McDonald's late at night and then the ice cream machine is broken. Like you know it's not yeah. really broken. It's just they just don't want to like, put the mix wanna, in. You know they. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I li- I literally just cleaned it. Please, yeah, like, <laughs> Superman, please. Um, but yeah, so they they make do it what they can get, and they I guess they go off. I guess it's her farm house that they that they stay at for the night. Yeah, I think I think she's, and that's why like it's kind of hard to tell what her age is. I feel like she's got to be like eighteen or nineteen, or I don't know. She she looks like she'd be about fifteen or sixteen. So again, it, you kind of have this blend, and also too, Cody. Like I said, it has this kind of steampunkish vibe because they, she has this really crazy like cybernetic security system and fucking laser rifles, but they're riding around on horse-drawn carriages. But like. Earlier on, when they got there, Dan was looking at Dee's horse. He's like, oh, that's a Model 7 cyborg. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, because uh, as I look at the wiki page here, Chris, apparently this takes place in the year 12,090. Like tw- yes. <laughs> 12,090 AD. Uh, so. no, they actually mentioned the year in Bloodlust. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yes, this uh, this is definitely in the distant future. So... Maybe civilization has destroyed itself several times, and this is kind of where we're at. Right. But um, so they're 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 sitting around the house talking, and this is where we get that moment you were talking about, Cody. And we get this is where it gets kind of jumbled again because we have this kind of weird like semi love story going on. Like D like pulls out his he's got his sword or somebody's sword, and he's looking at it, and like you hear a voice, and you're just like, oh wait, is that the sword? But um. We find out later who that is, because like it's almost like the way it's animated, like the the voice, it, every, all the dialogue from the sword happens as long as it's out of the sheath. You know what I mean? Because as soon as he puts it back in the sheath, it stops talking. You know? Yeah, I totally thought D had a sword that was talking to him. Like, yeah. At first, I'm like, is he talking to himself? And then I'm like, no, he's talking to his sword because he just unsheathed it. And then like he mm-hmm. he sheathes the sword and like. We don't hear the voice anymore, so I just yeah, and, and like it's such a weird part because he's like the the sword's like oh you're not falling in love with her are you I'm like he just fucking did yeah it is but like a, I uh... guess to be fair to be fair I'll circle back to that at the end because mm-hmm. I because ha- I, there's a reason I'm okay with it but. Yeah, um, yeah, where was I going with that? Their little, their little uh, rest for the evening. It doesn't go as 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 well as they planned because. Yeah, it's, it's time to introduce some little side villains, Chris. We got uh, we got Count Lee's like daughter, Lamika. Yeah, I his daughter. Is her name. Yeah, uh, Lamika. And then his his little goon Ray Ray Ginsey yep. or Ginsey. Yep. Uh, Ray, Ray Ganzi. Um, Ray we'll Ganzi. call him Ray moving forward. Cause, like Ganzi is his last name. His name is Ray Ganzi. But they always say it like Ray Ganzi. Hey, it's Raganzi from Brooklyn. Yeah. But um, one of the things I like about the, and this this kind of again we have a good story point here because like they're talking about stuff before these guys show up. They're they're you know Doris is like my father was a famed werewolf hunter, one of the best, but you know he didn't know anything about vampires. So as they're talking, you know Dee's like, oh, well, tomorrow's going to be the moon moon of blood, and he's like, you know vampires believe women's blood is unpure on that night. So yeah, by the way. The Count's probably going to come for you tonight. 
And that's when we're like, okay. And then we see some goons coming through. Um, yeah, Reganzi and Lamika. Um, Lamika definitely has this snooty attitude. She's a noble. She thinks everybody is beneath her. Like, like she, like she flies first class all the time. That is, that is Lamika. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reganzi's just a, just a. He, he introduces himself as a vampire hunter. So we get our first little, uh, little fight here. Reganzi versus D. And um, dude, he beats the shit out of Ray, and it's like he's just like, okay, well, you're tougher than I thought, so let me go ahead and kill you with my favorite weapon. He pulls out this really cool like boomerang blade. Like I actually really like this weapon he has. Mm-hmm. He can like control it, and it moves. It's just a really neat, like very '80s Japanese like ninja anime ty- style weapon. But D is just he's just one step ahead of him, and I like the scene where he's like unsheathing his sword, and he's like doing it slowly to keep like the thing balanced on the hilt. And then he flicks it down and flicks it up to Ray. Then he goes to stab him, Cody. And we see what Ray, like what his power actually is. So as he's stabbing him, and I think this is a really cool scene. He's as he's, and we've seen this like imitated in other mediums. So he's stabbing Ray, but the sword actually comes out through D. Mm -hmm. And we find out uh, Ray, you know, get him, get him the number to Charles Xavier because, uh, Ray's actually a mutant that can twist space-time around him. So, like, he's basically... I don't know. I don't really know how how the physics of that work. But basically, as he's getting stabbed, he, D's actually stabbing himself. And uh, he's like, okay, well, now, now you know, he uh, like, Ray thinks he has him. And like, he's like, all right, well, now you're going to die. So he goes to finish the job. And D is still, like, fighting. And Ray's like, well, why aren't you dying yet? What's going on? And uh, we find out. And this is a, a shock to a few people that... Uh, D is what's called a Dampir, which is a half-human, uh, half-vampire. And he's actually able to heal himself. Yeah, very very interesting. He's almost like a... Like Blade, essentially. Yeah, he, he reminds me of Blade Alucard. a lot. Or like he's uh, like a daywalker, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Because like when we first meet him, he's out in the sun. And like, oh, I thought he was a vampire, but... You know, you can't have a good vampire story without somebody that can also survive in the sun. So, uh, yep. And and look, and of course, like she tells Ray, Lamika's like, "All right, all right, Ray, let's back up." You know, you're, he's probably too strong for you, but Lamika's like, "You aren't shit to me." And she tries to like hit him with like her little lava blast thing, and he's just like, hey, "Y'all need to go back and tell the count that uh, he has like a cryptic message for him that like uh, ancestors of the past or or something." Basically, is like, "Hey." <laughs> Basically hits him with the old Booker T. Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, he, he, he managed, they managed to make excuse me, make it through the night. And uh, the next day, D kind of is like, all right, well, uh, I'm going yeah. I'm going to go to Count Lee's castle and, uh, you know, give him a piece of my mind pretty much. Yeah, and this is and this is kind of again where it kind of gets jumbled because it almost goes right into it, and like all of a sudden now he's at the castle, and this is what I or the scene, the first scene I was talking about, Cody, where like you see a lot of these organic, you know, these these creatures, these because you know you find out the night before one of the things that Dee mentions to Doris is that stuff like garlic and crucifixes, that stuff doesn't work on people like him, especially an old vampire like Count Lee. He says the older ones are usually very, very powerful, almost indestructible. And we find out Magnus Lee, he's about 10,000 years old. So he's definitely one of the strong ones. Yeah, he, but he's been around for a little he, while. 
Yep, absolutely. And D says, you know, garlic, you know, crucifixes and garlic, stuff like that doesn't usually work on these type of vampires because they have an army of goons of other creatures to take care of that stuff for him, which goes back to the opening scene, thinking about the werewolf taking care of the cross. So, you know, you know, he's powerful when he, you know, I mean, I've seen Underworld, vampires and lichens don't work together. So, you know, you've got to be, a, you know, a powerful vampire when, you know, the werewolves are going to listen to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we get to see, like, quite a few of these different little goons and grunts that he has. Uh, I didn't even know they had names, to be honest, Chris. But, like, basically when D shows up at, at the Counts, there's, we got Gimlet, Golem, and Chula. <laughs> yeah, Chula Chula is the one, I believe, that has, like, the blade, like, the one that flies around and has, like, blades on its heels and elbows. Okay, okay that one I do, I do remember the name of that one. Yep, Golem clearly is the big motherfucker with the bombs, mm -hmm. and Gimlet is one we see. Uh, we see a little bit more of him in the next scene, or not in the next scene, but um, a couple scenes down the line. Yeah, because at this point, you kind of mentioned it before, but we're pretty much moving at a hundred miles an it hour. It is at this breakneck, point. dude. Because yeah. now, like. D D is fighting through all these ghouls and goons, and like the shadow cat gets him, and he breaks through a wall. And there's Regansi, like this old Baba the witch, just sitting there. And all of a sudden, now Cody, he's down in like the 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 pit where we get probably the stupidest scene of all. <laughs> yeah, he's down in, in like the catacombs of the castle, pretty much. But Chris, we meet this fucking. Yeah. They're like siren. At first, it seems like a like a siren, like you see in like a. Like a, like a pirate movie or something like that, where they're like, they kind of like lure you in. Um, mm -hmm. but these are the snake women of Midwich. <laughs> yeah, but what's weird too here is like, maybe I skipped a scene because like, somehow Doris is captured here? Yeah, well, she gets kidnapped by uh, Ray. Yes, but yes, like, that's right, that's right. But like, Ray is, must be hauling ass, because he was just <laughs> at the castle, yeah. like... 10 seconds yeah, before this. because, like, we have this other scene, because, like, while Dee's in the castle with the snake women, um, Ray goes out with Gimlet, Golem, and, um... And Chula. Uh, Chula. And this is where we see Gimlet, because uh, Dr. Faring is there to, like, be there with her while, while Dee's out, and they come bursting through the wall, and Gimlet comes out of Golem's mouth, and he has, like, he has, like, this sack on his back that spits out a bunch of spiders and shit at Dr. Faring. And, um... Basically, Ray comes in with the goons, and he's like, hey, um, you know, I guess to be fair, maybe D saw Ray before he went to kidnap. Because, okay, cool, he's down with the snake women. Now's my chance to go get the girl. Right. But, um, yeah, I, but I, basically, I can see that, but it, it just moves a little. The pacing's it's very, very fast. Like, wait a goddamn man. Like, it's all happening. It feels like it's happening at once. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of way to discern what's, when, like, when things are happening. But, Ray, Ray's like, oh, I'm, why, these guys are going to kill this kid, an old man. And Doris is like, well, if you hurt them, I'm just going to bite my tongue off right here. So basically, Dan and um, Dr. Faring get let go. Doris goes to the Count. So now we're back to D, um, entranced by these sirens, snake women. And I mean, they're, they're pretty much, basically what they do is anybody who's down in their pit, they just suck the life out of them until they're just, as they say, bone dry. Oh my God, Chris, they are the worst voice actresses. 
it's awful because like Never. there's three of them so it's like one of them starts talking then the second one starts talking then the third one so it's always like we are we are the snake the snake the snake women women women, 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 women. they it's have like, like the hiss, they have like the hissing s's Jesus. like a, a snake talk would have i guess like yeah of course i you know i feel bad like that's racist against snakes i don't i like <laughs> to think all snakes don't sound their s's with you know i'm a snake what if they're just like hey i'm a snake just a normal ass i'm a snake Oh, I like sauce. I'm a slithery little snake. I'm a slithery snake. It's like, no. What if you're just? What if you're just a? Sl- yes. Hi. I'm a slithery snake. I like sauce. <laughs> I say my s's like everybody else. For the love of God. That's right. Um, but yeah, Chris, this is just. I've watched. It's, it's I watched weird. the scene in both versions of the English dubs, and both one, both of them are horrible. Well, they're, they're awful. Um, they're awful. But. D uh, goes ahead and flexes here, Cody. We get to see more vampire action. Like, don't like they? I guess the snake women don't realize D is a vampire because he cuts on the fucking uh, the fucking vampire juice here, Cody, and uh, just proceeds to mutilate these snake women. Yeah, he kind of flips the script on them because they don't know he's a dampier. Um, yeah, and yeah, he basically takes care of these snake siren women. Yep, and, rescues uh, Doris, gets <laughs> gets the crown, saves the town. Yeah, but the movie's not over yet, Chris, because we, we still got about, like, 40 minutes to go here. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he uh, he gets her out of the castle, because Lamika's actually getting ready to kill her. Mm-hmm. And D rescues her, and they escape. Um, they're able to get away, because, like, he, he um, because here he actually cuts fucking, uh, he, he cuts fucking the, the flying guy with the razors, cuts him. The uh the guy tries to shoot the uh, oh we you know we didn't mention this the night before Cody so the way he protects her that first night when Reganzi and Lamika shows up we find out who it was who was actually talking he takes a glove off his left hand his left hand has a face on it and he's able to put Doris to sleep so she doesn't um fall under trance of the count so basically to to bring you back up to speed that's who was talking not the sword so to bring you back up to current we uh. So he slashes the one guy, the little guy with the spiders that got Dr. Faring earlier, tries to shoot the webs and the spiders at him, and he takes the glove off, and the hand literally just sucks them all in. And he tries to turn and run away, and he just takes his sword, just cuts him right down the middle. And we get a really cool scene of him running, and then, like, you see the split, and then it just falls in two. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a really cool scene. Yeah, and I I, I don't know how I forgot about the left hand, honestly. Um, A very interesting thing, like, it, they didn't... I wish they would have kind of went more in depth with this, mm-hmm. or maybe just, just earlier. Tell you maybe just earlier on, like explained it, because like I really thought he was just chatting with his sword. I was like, oh, cool, his sword has like a spirit, something like that. Mm-hmm. But no, and then there's definitely like things that have been inspired, I believe, by this like this hand with like a mouth on it, because uh, mm-hmm. even like there's a character in Naruto that has like similar things uh, where he has like his hand eat clay and turn it into art, like bombs essentially. So like you can mm-hmm. tell like. Just another, like, inspiration probably drawn originally from Vampire Hunter D. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, absolutely it is. And um, and then from there, um, Cody, so he kills that guy. Uh, he's about to, they're trying to close the drawbridge on him. Um, D gets away, but uh, he, has, he has to get through our old pal Golem here, this giant with bombs, and he's able to make pretty quick work of him. Stabs him in the tongue and uh, fucks with his, uh, causes him to um, actually, like, pretty much detonate a bomb in his left hand and like i guess in his right hand left hand and it caused him like like half of his whole body to blow off so um 
he kills Golem pretty good. They get back to the house, and uh, Doris is, boy, she is ready to lick them chops, Cody. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh... She's like, I can't stand it anymore. I want your pee in my vagee. I can't, <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. Yeah, which is, is, I don't know, it's just the way they, a very odd relationship these two have. Oh, yeah, and she's like, D, you can if you want to. Yeah, it's like, you guys have uh, literally known each other for 48 hours. Oh, yeah, dude. She just wanted the D. Get it? (laughs) Yeah. See, see what I did there? It's about a a wiener and a vampire. Because they're not dad jokes, they're rad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) They're not dad jokes, they're fucking rad jokes. Get it right or pay the price. But, um, but yeah, dude. So I, we assume they go ahead and do the damn thing. It's safe to assume that he uh, he he does some cheek slappage there. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's safe to say that cheeks get uh, clapped. Yeah, and I want to say while this is all going on, that we flash over and uh, we get to see uh, old skis ball Greco. Um, yeah, because like Reganzi goes off on it, and this is again it gets very very jumbled here. So like Reganzi goes off on his own to go after the girl, and. So he I guess he's holed up in a hotel and like one of the count's messengers shows up and like Reganzi's like, well, hey, if you're not here to kill me, then why are you here? And this messenger is like, you know, you want to fight the damn peel, uh, use this candle. And of course, while you know, again, like you say, old skeezball Greco realizes that, oh shit, the count's messenger and everybody's in here, you know, he like gets the keys to the monitor room in this hotel or this tavern. And he wants to go spy and see what's up because you know Greco just a consummate fucking piece of shit. Yeah, it's and the candle it's called the what the fuck is it called the time bewitching incense. Yes, which is really cool, very clever name. I like it. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's cute. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and then let's see here. I'm trying to remember where we go from this because I know it, at some point here shortly we get a scene between Lamika. And her father, the Count. Yes, and because we we get the we see here that like basically Count Magnus Lee wants to marry Doris, and Lamika's like, "Why are you gonna let some fucking commoner, some bloodline commoner into our um into our family?" And Lamika, he's just like, he's like, "Look, when you're when you've been alive as long as I have, like you know, he kind of just tells her it's like she's just a plaything for now. I'll get bored of her." And I can't remember if it's here that he reveals that her mother is also a fucking commoner. Oh yeah, Chris. You know what? I'm I'm getting I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading through my notes here, and I'm like, wait, no, no, no. I, I've skipped some stuff here. Uh so we'll, we'll we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Okay. Um. But no, yeah. Because back... we we still get some more jumbled parts here. Because now, <laughs> yeah. Because like Ray is going after D, and like he kidnaps Dan. He's going after D, and he tries to hit him with the. They go to fight. He he tries to hit him with the candle, but like I, I, something happens as he brings the candle out. It's not on fire and it's having no effect on D. And D just whoop cuts the cuts the hand right off. Yeah, it was. Very, I, I was kind of confused at this part because I was like, well, this is supposed to weaken him, but. Yep. And like D offers this throwaway explanation. Well, maybe 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 the count wanted to teach you a lesson about you know following orders and whatever. And um, so 
Yeah, I, and he's I, just like. I guess it says here that the candle is "quote unquote" fake, which yes, sure. Well, and you know what? This movie's jumbled, so we're just gonna roll with that, I guess. Exactly, because we go back, we cut to the next scene with um, where Doctor Faring shows back up with um to to Doris, and he's like, "Hey, I got there's a place I we can go that you know it's deep. I know a place where you can hide." You know, deal. Bring your brother back safe. I know it. So as they're on the wagon, they're actually met on this narrow one-way trail by Lamika, and Doctor Faring is like, "Oh, oh no! Why is she here? We 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 can't turn the wagon around. It's too dark." So Doris gets up to fight, and Doctor Faring grabs her whip. And Cody, we get just a a unnecessary just fucking pitch out of nowhere. <laughs> it out of nowhere. Pitch from Chris. the top rope, man. Yeah, I mean, you could tell when Dr. Faring was like, oh, yeah, I know this place we can go hide. I'm like, hey, girl, can you not see through this man's, like, deceit here? Um, oh, yeah. Like, he's, yeah, then he he's not... takes her down this one-way trail. Lamika's there. He he rips her tit out. I don't know. Yep, and I guess he was turned by, uh, maybe by Lamika that same night where they were captured by the, um, or where they fought um, Gimlet and Golem. Yeah, yeah I think it was, like, Kula. yeah, Gimlet and Chula. Them. Yeah, I think they're the ones that turned him. Gim- the Gimlet gang? Yeah. and uh... But yeah, so they got... So at this point, you know, and this is where you kind of get this thing with, like, Dr. Faring, where he's like, I've always looked at her like a daughter, but now, you know, maybe maybe if I'm lucky, the Count will uh, let me suck her blood when he's done. But Lamika has other ideas. We got, we got the old double swerve going on here, Cody. So she pulls out, like, a stake and actually stabs Dr. Faring in the chest. And... uh as he's falling over the side of the cliff, he's like, Doris, I'm sorry. Yeah, and she's like, no. no. Like, like, she's upset about it. And I'm like, this guy literally just betrayed you and, <laughs> like, yeah, whip, whipped your tit out in front of everybody. I'm telling you. you know, she's you, telling Lamika. A young Chris Adams like, saw this on VHS. You know? Oh, dude. I, changed I, his I, life forever. <laughs> man, oh, man. That's the day I became a man. Chest hair sprouted. I got my first pube after that. <laughs> my voice deepened. It was great. It was absolutely great. But um, but like Lamika's like she she takes Doris and Doris she's like just kill me. But um, yeah, I want to say she's what she doesn't want to take her back to the count, or maybe she is just because I, I don't remember. Like she wants to like just take her elsewhere or something like that. I'm trying to remember here. Yeah, she basically so she, wants, up... she says she wants to share uh, with the count, which is okay. kind of strange. But this is before. We like I said, I kind of jumped the gun earlier. This is before Lamika knows like the truth about her mother. Yes, and before the count like really turns into like a total asshole to his own daughter. Yeah. Oh, but we've totally forgot here. So while Lamika and her are talking, we see a uh, we see a shadowy figure, Cody, come out with the actual kid. By God, Cody, it's the candle. <laughs> Real that son of a bitch. That's right. And it's that son of a bitch, that Texas rattlesnake, that that goddamn son of a bitch, Greco. So Greco, so we see after spying on Reganzi, Greco switched the candles. That son of a bitch. That's right, Chris. It is a who would have saw that plot twist coming? My God. And um, <laughs> but I want to say so he's about to kill Lamika, but Doris actually saves her. Yeah, which is, I I don't know Doris's motivation here. Uh, like, I, I don't know. It's like everybody who's bad, she's like... I mean, it, she's surrounded by a bunch of evil people. Because, like, the Doctor was evil. Greco's mm-hmm. obviously a piece of shit. Lamika's the Count's daughter. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, old boy Dan pops up and shoots fucking Greco. So Yeah, he does. 
Chris, this is like <laughs> but one betrayal after another after another. Uh, Dude, the swerves are coming in hot, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, takes out Greco. Greco like falls off the cliff. Uh, yeah, and we can go ahead and finish his story because later on, uh, he he we find out he's not dead. But he, he brings himself together and he's talking and he comes face to face with fucking Reganzi. And Reganzi's like, oh, so you're the guy who stole the fucking candle. Yeah. Um, and he tries to weasel his way out of it. Reganzi's like, uh-uh, no, you're dead. And Greco is um, not giving given the glory of an on-screen death. That fucker is dust. And thank God, I would have liked to have seen Reganzi just mutilate his ass. Yep. Um, but but yeah, like Doris and Dan and D, which... Of course, I'll have to have letter D names. Oh, the, the old triple D. A guy Fieri here for triple D. Yeah, so they're all back together. Um, like you said, we see Greco get taken out by Ray. Um, mm-hmm. so now he, now he, he's got the real, the real fucking, what's it called? Time bewitching incense candle. Yeah, um, and and yeah, he um. So Ray goes ahead and goes into business for himself here. He actually confronts D at the farmland, and um. Because oh, no, I was. I'm trying to remember though. But doesn't Lamika let Doris go after she saves her? I think she lets her go after Dan takes out Greco. Yes, um, yes, yeah, that's right. They they let her go. They're just like go back to the count and like and and Lamika's like wondering. That's right, because Lamika's wondering like, why are you sparing me? Why not? Why not just kill me? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think even Dan says we're like we're all not shitheads or something like that. He says something that like you know we're all not bad people or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, but yeah, then yep. now Ray has the candle, and I believe this is when he comes up and like he, he uses yeah. the real candle, weakens D, and they have their like round three at this point. I think. Yeah, basically. Yeah, this is round three, and uh, he gets the best of D. The the candle has a full effect on him. He stabs him in the chest and cuts his hand off. He says, "An eye for an eye, and a hand for a hand." He didn't need it burp there, but I did because he wasn't drinking these delicious, truly fruit punch ciders, sir. <laughs> But yeah, and then I can't remember. Is this where we see the scene where like? No, no, no. Well, well, this no, is also where Ray it. didn't realize what hand he cut off. Uh, so the left hand starts crawling back to D because um he he notices something's not that that mist monster that was killing the sheep earlier is back mm-hmm. and it's heading right for D's body. So like he's able to like get him like attach himself back to D. And he starts trying to wake him up to he starts eating dirt to try to suck the monster in, but he can't do enough. And he's like beating on D's chest, trying to get him to wake up. Thankfully, D wakes up in the nick of time, and Cody, our boy, is back in business. He's back, Chris. And while The while... boy's back in time. <laughs> yeah, and while this is going on, uh Lamika back at the castle, she's basically just talking with her father, trying to persuade him not to allow like a human into the family, because yep. old man. One, old man Count Lee wants to like marry. Uh, oh yeah. Um, and then this is where it's kind of revealed that Lamika's own mother was a human. Uh, yeah, because like Lamika's like, I don't like. Why are we letting a commoner and <laughs> Count's like, this ain't the first time I've done this, girl. Like, how do you think you? I did it. <laughs> I did it before with your mom. Yeah, it's like it's like she's like he's like I'm fucking ten thousand years old. Your mom also a commoner, so. Here you are. So she finds out she's just a half breed, just like D is. And that, Cody, that hurts her so fucking bad, dude. Yeah, she she's she's freaking out. Um She's mad. Oh, she's mad. She big mad. But she you know, she's not the only one that counts counts disappointing tonight. Like, you know, <laughs> Ray brought Doris back to her. 
And um, poor Doris just I can't say, avoid it, getting kidnapped. Like she can't, dude. She fucking can't. And like he 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 goes to the count and he wants to be made a vampire. He's like, you know, this is what you promised me. I've done what you asked me to do. Can I be a vampire? And and uh, the count's like, nah, you're not worth it. Yeah, <laughs> like, like basically just brushes him off. He basically says, you know, you're not worthy of of this this gift. And yeah. oh boy, does that Ray is not happy about that, sir. But now, Chris, it is it is time for our, uh, I guess, our final trip to the castle for our boy Dean. Um, yeah, oh yeah, because his left yeah. hand and... brought him back to life, and they've taken out the the fucking Nimbus cloud mm-hmm. monster, whatever you want to call that thing. Yeah, and uh, so the the wedding, the ceremony is getting ready to happen, and um, so Dee's working his way to the castle. I want to say he um, Dan's broken pretty into fucking the... quickly. Yeah, yeah, little kid Dan is broken into the castle. Um, oh yes, because we're seeing like a, a ceremony, like a wedding procession, and um, you see the count walking with Doris and like a bunch of like monks or critters, and um, so he. So Dan tries to like attack the count with very, uh, with very like a, a very stupid idea. But... <laughs> oh yeah, because like I guess the count still has that force field up and knocks Dan pretty much to his death. But Cody, he is saved by the most unlikely of people. It is Reganzi who grabs him and like puts him in a safe perch, kind of smiles at him, and then he goes off to he gets he walks up to the bridge in front of the count, and the count's like, "Ray, what are you doing?" And he pulls out the candle. And uh, he thinks he's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, you owe me. I'm gonna get what I owe. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna kill you and you know whatever. Just basically just talking a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Now, it turns out, Cody, this this candle has no fucking effect on Count Magnus Lee. And uh, Ray pays the ultimate price for his shenanigans because he, uh, the Count, just telepathically picks him up, smashes him against the wall, smashes him against another wall, another wall the ground, hangs him upside down across from the doorway that they're in and just blows his fucking head right off his shoulders. Yeah, he dies horribly. Uh, Y'all do just just clearly. He wasn't paying attention, though, because they said that 10,000-year-old vampires, you know, stakes and silver and all that shit doesn't work. Yeah, all that. Y'all, exactly. The bullshit didn't work on him. Gimmicks don't work. Yeah, your little candle isn't going to do much here. Exactly. He's dead, Jim. He is fucking dead. (laughs) And, uh... So from here, Cody, um, now this is where I want to say the wedding is interrupted by Lamika? Or is it just interrupted by D? Like, D comes in, yeah, D and they comes start in. scrapping. Yeah, well, because the Count's, like, about to bite Doris again, which I mm-hmm. I was always like... Which is weird. Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, the final move in a vampire wedding, but you've already bitten well, her once maybe. before, so, like... Yeah, maybe even things up on the other side, I don't know. But yeah, D, D of course, swoops in just in time. And uh, but he he's having quite quite a rough time here because Count Lee is he's got like like you said earlier he's got like these telekinetic abilities. Um, oh, he starts taking he starts giving D the ray treatment, man. He's bouncing him all over the goddamn place. Yeah, but then D unleashes his like true quote unquote power. Uh, he's got his own kind of like telekinetic abilities. Oh um, yes, and uh, he he actually fucking sticks Magnus Lee to the wall like a goddamn dart. Yeah, with his sword and uh, sticks him to the wall like a wet piece of baloney. Yeah, then Lee manages to to cut D with his dagger. Um, yep. And so they're uh, they're hurting here, and um, I think at this point, like this is where Lamika comes in, 
and uh, she's like, because like I think Count Magnusly knows the jig is up, um, and he actually tries to get Doris one more time to stab D using his uh, his, his his influence over her. But yeah. Dan comes in and is like, no. Yeah, because Doris, Dor- Dor- step out of it. Yeah, Doris is like under like some kind of like trance or a spell from uh, mm-hmm. from Magnus. But like you said, Dan Dan comes in and he just starts yelling, you know. Like, Who is the man? <laughs> Dan. He's a bad motherfucker. Man. But yeah. But yeah. So he comes in, snaps her out of it. They're all, you know, they're all happy. Lamika comes in. The count's like, oh, Lamika, avenge your father. And she's like, no, no, no. This is this bullshit's gone on long enough. You know, we're nobles. You've you've brought shame to this house. We need to uh you know, we need to, I guess, purge ourselves of this, you know, I guess unpure impurity or whatever. But she she gets all high and mighty. And this is where, like, conveniently where Count Magnus Lee is stuck up on the wall. He looks over, and there's a picture of Count Dracula, I guess, who is like the vampire alpha. He is the everything came from Dracula. He was the first. That, that's the vibe I got. Mm-hmm. And, like, Count Magnus is, like, looking at the picture. He looks at D. Looks at the picture. Looks at D. And he's like, no. Turns out our boy D here is Count Dracula's kid. At least it seems Yes, that indeed. Way. The son of Count Dracula, or he, because they don't ever confirm it. He asks him, he's like, are you the son of Count Dracula? And Lamika's like, it's him. And she like calls him my lord. She's like, you know, you're truly the most noble of our bloodline. Mm -hmm. And like, and I don't know, I guess, I guess she's very surprised that it's him. Because at this point, dude, the castle is crumbling. Right. And he's like, Lamika, come with us. And she's like, no, I'm a noble. I'm going to die like a noble. At this point, like, the wall with the fucking count just falls forward. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> fucking, like, I, I don't know. I still laugh my ass off. He's just stuck on this wall. And it's just fucking pancakes. And he's just like, Mah! Yep. Yeah, it's so... like, oh, yeah, he's still here. Yeah, then, like, they get out of there. And D basically, he's talking to Lamika. He's like, look, just live your life like normal, like. He's basically trying to get her to live her life as a human. Um, mm-hmm. Or no, I'm sorry. She doesn't actually escape with them. This is before that. No, yeah, no. Lamika, Lamika stays in the castle. Yeah, she actually does thing. stay, which is very dumb. Odd. I, like you say, like you're gonna die like a true noble, but like D's like, you just said I'm like the, the most noble of them all. I'm, yeah. So and I'm, I'm, and I'm out. And and I'm, I'm gonna out. go this way, with, away from the crumbling castle. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Doris and. <laughs> Go beat, beat cheeks in cheeks her yeah. <laughs> Beat cheeks in the bar. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna have a nice romp in the hay. But yeah, it, it's it's assumed that uh, Count Lee and Lamika both die uh, in the, in the castle, like crumbling down. Which absolutely. Yeah, and I guess but... mentioning the castle, it, it definitely gives off the vibes of like the like Dracula's castle in Castlevania. Um, I'd be willing to bet Cody that Castlevania is heavily influenced by the Vampire Hunter D. I can, yeah, I can very much see it. This show is just like, even the, even though the, this movie the isn't like the precursor, man. Even like, like the movie isn't the greatest, but like, it seems like it's set up for many more successful series. And yeah, they, it walked so they could run. That's right. But Cody, that's really the end. They escape. They go back. D rides off into the sunset. Doris and Dan are on the hillside saying, "Don't forget us. Goodbye, goodbye." And D rides off. And Cody, and then. The credits roll and fucking break out your guitar and your synthesizer, <laughs> and then like like Japanese Depeche Mode kicks in and it's just 
And they just fucking the, the the hottest fucking track, the biggest fucking bop in anime history. That's right. Starts Chris. playing. <laughs> but yeah, that is but, uh that is Vampire that, Under D. That is in fact um again at while I feel like the movie in the middle is a very quick jumbled it goes too fast for the story it's trying to tell. I do think it's a bit of a jumbled mess, mm-hmm. but Put fifth, put you know fifth grade, Chris. How old am I? Ninety two. I was born. I'm about ten. I'm about ten years old. Eleven tops, and I'm watching this for the first time. Cody, I don't give a fuck what's going on. I'm watching the coolest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Which I had watched the coolest thing I had ever seen in my entire life the night before when I watched Lens Man, and then Vampire Hunter D came on, and it was just like, oh. <laughs> Which, by the way, I definitely want to cover Lensman at some point. Not only is it a great like sci-fi novel, it's a great anime. It's a great, great uh, sci-fi anime. But that's that's for another cast for another time. But um, yeah, oh, it was fine. Um, again, it has it holds a very special place for me. Again, this was again this was the anime that like this was one of my first, and it will I I will remember staying up that because it didn't come on till like fucking 10 o'clock and when you're 11 years old dude 10 o'clock is the promised land it is the <laughs> unattainable and you're just like please can i stay up dad it's the weekend and he's like are you are you winning son <laughs> man so this movie will always have a special place in my heart um but overall cody what'd you think of it Overall, I thought the animation was good. Uh, I like the design of the mm-hmm. characters, obviously. We, we've kind of been over that already. Um, mm-hmm. The story does get a little a little jumbled, and it moves at just an outrageous pace at some points. Um, mm-hmm. I think it... I mean, I'm not sure how like the manga went for this. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I feel like Doris gets captured way too many times in the, in the span of 80 minutes. Um, like, at least at least once a day. She's, she's, yeah. she's literally just a centrum vitamin for fucking uh for count dracula yeah count, she's, uh, magnus lee she like pretty much instantly falls in love with d like yeah she just, she but, just wanted some d that's I, all it was, yeah man. i think that's that's really what she was in it for uh <laughs> mm-hmm. um but no I, overall i thought it was okay uh not my favorite the dub didn't do it any favors um no the the, the dub is definitely a victim of the times yeah like 100 people want to talk about like the times and people will still talk about like dubs being bad today but like I, I don't think they've watched much anime. Because uh, <laughs> the older you get, the worse the dubs get. More modern dubs are very good. And, and I'm glad you're discovering that. So, Cody, I'm glad you're getting to see what I worked with when I was younger. Oh, yeah. I yeah. wish. I fucking wish. We, 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 when we eventually cover Dragon Ball Z, I would love to be able to go back and find the old Pioneer dub that I grew up on, where the show basically stopped after Goku showed up when he fought Raccoon. Like, mm-hmm. That was all we had for the longest time. <laughs> and so believe you me, when Funimation took it over and redubbed it, the voice acting was, I was ready. I, I had my pitchfork and torches ready. I was like, that's not what these characters sound like. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, uh, it, the, the dub for this did not do it any favors. Even like you, like oh. you mentioned, the 2015 one. I don't know. Oh, dude. Yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves for a dub coming out that late and it being that awful. Yeah, I don't... 2015, like, that's 
that's within Cody. That's within like recent recent history. Like yeah. a dub from 2015 should not be that bad. Like wasn't Full Metal Alchemist dubbed before 2015? <laughs> like like brother, yes. brotherhood. I'm saying. Yeah, like, like a like a dec- probably like a the greatest dub like that. of all time. Like yes, and like so many. God other, damn it! Like, yes. I mean like every so many shows. Bebop was dubbed about 15 years before this, Cody. That's what I'm saying. Like, Bebop, Death Note. I mean, every great show ever in anime history yes. has a better dub than the this. Yeah, this this was just yeah. like, oh, hey, we should probably update this. Mm, yeah, like but we're if, not going to pay to do it. Like, if we had, if we were ranking things on worst dub of all time, this is this is the winner. Top, uh, top of the list. Because, like, even 8-Man After, I thought the dub was good. I, I didn't think it was yeah, bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, same with Demon City, uh, although... Yeah, even Demon's... the old even the old Akira dub is very good. The one right. before the Pioneer dub. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. But uh, overall, I, I did enjoy it. Um, it's not going to rank very highly on my list, but, you know... It, yeah, let's go ahead just, and put it on the list, Cody. Yeah, it's, it's more of a, a setup for the, uh, for, the, for the very beloved sequel. <laughs> Cody, I'm going to tell you right now. Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust is in my top five favorite movies. Movies of all time. Not anime movies. I say that's a because big... it is that good. That's a, that's a that is a uh, that is a bold <laughs> statement there, Chris, because currently for Vampire Hunter D, the original, nineteen eighty five, I'm putting this it's gonna be my new number ten on our animated movie ranking. So it's gonna go just Fair it's going to go above, of course, the worst of all time, Seven Deadly Sins, Prisoners of the Sky. And it's going to uh, go of above Demon City Shinjuku. For its, uh, because Vampire D had a... Mm-hmm. Even though it was jumbled, at least it had... like You knew who these characters were. Demon City Shinjuku yes. tried to in- introduce that one guy like way later in it. And like, he's hey, supposed, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, and he's supposed to matter like somewhere else down the road. And I'm just like, I, I don't care. Like You should have been there from the beginning. Um, yeah, you should have been here about an hour ago. Um, but I do enjoy... Believe it or not, I do enjoy Afro Samurai Resurrection more than this film, uh, even with all the bullshit that comes with that movie. And nobody's perfect. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's going to be the new number 10 on my list. Um, what about you, Chris? Um, I've kind of got it mid-lower. Um, I've got it ranked right under Ponyo. I don't have my list in front of me. Right under Ponyo and right above 8-Man After. Um, yeah, so it'll be, the new, know, it, it'll be the new number 8 on your list. Yeah, number 8 for me. Now, granted... You know, I still love this movie. The, the, I feel like it's lower than I feel like it should be for me because, again, I hope I. But it, if it was on my nostalgia ranking, it would probably be number one if I just had a straight up nostalgia ranking, Cody. Just because this was Ronma one half, Vampire Hunter D were the things that made me fall in love with anime. Like I, I had exposure to it most of my life with OG Dragon Ball, Dragon Warrior, Speed Racer, um, Af- uh, Astro Boy. But, like, Vampire Hunter D and Ronma One Half, like, these were the shows. Like, this was this was it. This is what made me, like, I, I love anime. This is it. It doesn't get much better than this. But, um, so number one on the nostalgia list. But as far as, like, going back and watching it, knowing what I know now, the, the art has come a long way. The art form. Now, Grant, I still think the animation from 1985 for this movie is very, very good. I think it's better than a lot of modern animes just because like you definitely see that Amano influence um, on this stuff. It's just, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful, beautiful movie to watch again. again, But the, the, the dubbing, it is a victim of the times Um, and how jumbled and quick that it goes. Like this movie, 
give this movie another like 20 minutes right make this movie almost an hour and 40 minutes going into two hours and i think you're telling a better story yeah i totally agree with that last point I, absolutely um but uh but cody with that being said next week we're going to be covering vampire hunter d bloodlust the 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 much applauded sequel that came out in 2000 cody i'm gonna tell you right now this get ready dude i am so excited this was actually one of the movies i was really really excited to cover when i knew when we were doing um a podcast so like this one, I, I'm so excited for you to see it again. We're gonna be introduced to some really great characters, some really great voice acting. We get it, we get a um we have a brand new villain. Um, we basically have Carmilla in this movie. We got a family of hunters, much like the Belmonts, called the Marcus Brothers. Um, we're uh Count Meyer Link, who's a basically a vampire who actually is in love with his human that he's been has been besmitten. It's such a great there's a great like mystery behind it all you've got dueling hunters going at it cody it has the works and it is fucking beautiful to look at like one of my favorite anime scenes of all time is the first scene with the marcus brothers so like i can't wait for you to just see that scene like that that opening the scene where we're introduced to them is just like i remember because i saw this movie in theaters I remember jumping out of my fucking seat. Like, and of course, I'm like 18 years old in the year 2000. I just yell out, fuck yes, in the middle of the theater when I stand up. And of course, people, they start laughing and they're just, they start clapping. Like, it's <laughs> such a great scene, dude. Just so good. And this movie is so good. I, I can't wait to see what you, uh, like if you have any gripes about it. Um, because I, I think, I while I don't think it's a perfect movie, I think there are some things that, you know, maybe not plot holes, but things that are just like, okay, that's dumb, but whatever. It's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of that at all. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking man. forward to it. It's one I've always wanted Dude, to watch. it's so good. Yeah, it's definitely been it's on like... so fucking good. Yeah, been on my watch list for a long time, so I'm looking forward to covering that. And you can that. find it on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube for free. Just type in Vampire Hurdy Bloodlust, the full, full film pops up. Yeah, I was totally wrong when I said these were on Amazon last week, uh, by the way. So if anybody went to try to find any of these films on Amazon, oh, whammy. I kind of betrayed you there. They weren't even available that, to rent. I was like, that Man. is, that is one of the pluses, Cody, of older animes, is that you can find them for free on YouTube. Yeah, and it seems um, like I, I, I don't know if it's the, the companies if they just don't care. Um, I don't I, think they give a shit because I've watched some even like more modern stuff on YouTube, and I don't know if that channel is going to get pulled down or not. But you know, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna enjoy it while we got it. You know, absolutely. Anytime Absolutely. we don't have to go to the dark side of the internet, we can we can stay on on good old YouTube to watch some anime is good. Indeed, and uh, and Cody, before we wrap up today, one last little piece of news. Um, you know, last week you and I did a crossover podcast with our good pal Lord Byron and his old pal Brennan. Uh, we did a um, we did a crossover episode with the Hoppy Boys, where basically we just sat around and drank beers and talked over each other for about two hours. Oh yeah, it was a it was it was a good time. Uh, we all got nice and drunk. We finished quite a few drinks on that one. I know we at least dude. I drank I drank a whole fucking six pack. Yeah, I had a whole six great. pack, and I had already been drinking quite a bit that day before uh, with my dad. Uh, so I was. It just went down too smooth. 
Yeah, I was having it's a I was having a great time. So if you guys want to check them out, um, it is, and I shared it on our Facebook page. Uh, which yep. is, it's what they're just at the, the Hoppy, Hoppy Boys. Boys. Yeah, and you can yeah. find them on anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, me personally, whenever I listen to them, I go to iTunes. Uh, it's just the most convenient mm-hmm. for me because I have an iPhone. I have the iTunes podcast app, and yep. And I did tell them, Cody, I and I stand behind this a hundred percent. If you're if you've got a friend that's curious about anime and they want to get into anime, I highly recommend booting up Netflix and throwing on Castlevania. Right. I think Castlevania has so much crossover appeal that I think that's a great place for a non-anime person to start. Absolutely. Yeah. It has definitely become in my like top two spots of like things I'll suggest if, and if anybody wants yeah, to. Yeah, 100%. Like... Yeah. And honestly, even though I have favorites, like, like you know, My Hero Academia is my favorite series, but I'll tell you right now, I will recommend Castlevania before I recommend any other anime to somebody who is not into anime. Just because it's bite-sized enough. Like, literally, they could just watch season one, and if you're not in by the end of season one, you're just not going to be in. Only wasted two hours of your time. Right. Yeah, I I totally agree. You don't want to... Even like Cowboy Bebop, as beloved as it is, I'll never suggest that first. Yeah, there's too much going on. There's just too much. It's too much sensory overload. Whereas I think Castlevania is just a perfect show. Like, just and not, again, not just as an anime show. I think it tells a great story from start to finish. And I think, and we talk about this a bit again on the on the Hoppy Boys. But I would highly recommend that. So again, for, and I, I say all that to say this: um, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a friend that's not into anime and you've been trying to get them in. You need to start with Castlevania. I think Castlevania has that crossover appeal to make that friend of yours who isn't into anime into anime. Yep. And uh, Chris, speaking of shows, we it, it's time for another poll. Uh, we gotta we gotta yes, throw one it up. It is. So that way, next week after we finish Bloodlust, we'll have a uh, we'll have something new on the plate. Um, so why don't you go ahead and give me your uh, your two picks for this week, Chris? We're going back to shows, of course. Um, we are. At least we for are. The time and um. And I wanted to pick two that are quick enough that we could go through before, just in case we have to suffer through uh, Seven Deadly Sins sooner rather than later. So, Cody, for the one I went, I went with the grandfather of them all. I went with what is considered the GOAT by many old school fans and many modern fans who have discovered it for the first time. I went with Neon Genesis Evangelion. And I also went with Cannon Busters, which is some throwaway (laughs) show on that. Yeah, so for the one you haven't seen is Cannon Busters, which I had never even yeah. heard of until you mentioned it before the show. No, I, I don't want, I don't want to shit on Cannon Busters. I've heard it's, it's what I like. Um, what I've heard is cool about this show, Cody, is, um, it's, it's more of a Western anime, like it's all black produced. Um, so I really want, I, as much as I sound like I'm shitting on it, I do want to give it a, um, a fair shake. Um, you know, it's kind of in the vein of Afro Samurai. Um, and then the boondocks, that style. So, like, I really want to give it a fair shake. Um, so while I am shitting on it, I am doing it, just kind of poking fun at it. But I hear, I've heard that it's just kind of a, a, a good show um, as a, um, as just a, as a black created property. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I, 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 a small part of me does hope it wins so I can watch it. Because I, I, it's on my list. I do want to watch it. But, um, you know, it, it, it's going up against... You know the, the the heavy weight of anime, so yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I I'd love to be, you know, I'd love to check something out that's that's new that I've never heard of, and it just 
blows me away. Almost like like how Japan Sinks was when we watched that. Mm-hmm. Like, I had yeah. I had to nominate it. I don't even know how many times before it finally got chosen. But and, and then yeah, and we, I enjoyed I enjoyed Japan Sinks a lot. Yeah, and like I was all in on Japan Sinks. Um, but yeah, those those are your choices. You got Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not butchering that name too bad. Oh no, it's. <laughs> And then Cannon Busters. Now, I believe... I'll, I'll say my picks, and then we'll talk about uh, something real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, my picks are going to be Angel Beats as the one that I have seen. It's also available mm-hmm. on Netflix. 13 episodes, bite size. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a damn thing about it. Uh, I watched it probably... Fair enough. Eight, ten years ago. I don't know how long ago it's been at this point. Um, and then for the one that I haven't seen, it's another heavy hitter. It's going to be Promise Neverland. Uh, I've heard plenty of good things about this. I've heard some people try and say, like, it's one of the anime that, like, you can suggest, kind of like how we were just talking about Castlevania, that, like, this is an anime that you can suggest to somebody who isn't in the anime, um, but I think we'll have to be the judges for that, because uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we've watched a lot more anime than your, your old casual guy. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. That is fair. But we'll see. We'll see. It's a couple of heavy hitters and a couple of dark horses there on the uh, on the poll this week. Yeah. Um, real quick, I... Neon Genesis is on Netflix, I believe. But it I, sure is. I want to say it's like an edited version because I've heard some complaints about that version. It's like it's it, yes, um, it's very very hard unless you own like the DVDs or want to go to like the dark, the you know not the dark web necessarily, but just you want to start digging into the internet and finding like the OG ones. Um, because there are some like the show is weird. There are some very very weird things that happen, and then of course. You know the ending is often touted as like just not only I don't want to say the worst. It's very it's very controversial. Controversial, and there's been several like and there are a couple of them are on Netflix. There's like these alternate ending episodes and stuff like that. And it's like wait a minute. So it can get a little confusing. It uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion is an undertaking if that's what we're gonna do. So just know that in advance going into voting for it. It's something that we 100% have to cover eventually, but if it does not win this week, I will not be upset. Okay, so is it is it more than just, like, episodes? I don't... Oh, yeah, there's, like, like three alternate ending movies and all kinds. There's, it's, it gets a little complex coming down the home stretch. The very interesting world. Interesting. Yeah, because it's always been something that I've kind of, like, I've always looked at and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if now is the right time. Like, it's almost like Ghost in the Shell for me. Like, I've always I've seen like very little of it, um, but I've always mm-hmm. wanted to like fully experience like the whole franchise. Um, yep. Yeah. Those those are our choices for this week, guys. Uh, you can vote, of course, on our Twitter page. I'll probably throw the link up on Facebook um, as well. And those are both obviously at Shonen and Suds. Um, and yeah, well, obviously we're, next week we're going to be covering Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, um, and then. Probably after we finish the one of whatever show of these wins, it might be time for uh, Seven Deadly Sins season five to be released. If not, we'll throw some more shows up. Yeah, and uh, we'll just we'll, we'll just keep going until we can uh, until we don't have to worry about it. That's right, Chris. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got for this episode. You got anything else before we wrap this thing mm-hmm. up, Chris? No, sir. I am spent. Um, just I highly recommend Vampire Hunter D, and you don't want to miss Bloodlust. For God's sake, please watch Bloodlust. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, and you can catch it for free on YouTube. They got probably a, I don't know if is, does Bloodlust just have one English dub and one sub? I uh, think it, yes, yes, it does. That's what I thought. Okay, 
the 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 dub is good enough. The dub is <laughs> the dub beyond was... better than what they could do. The dub was passable, so they didn't have to make a shitty 2015 version. <laughs> Correct. Love that. All right, guys. Well, once again, thank you for listening. I am Cody Snodgrass, and I am Chris Adams. And thank you as always. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>